And peace be with you. And also with you. We are delighted to have you here with us in worship today. And we uh, have some announcements, some very wonderful announcements. Today is Pentecost Sunday, where we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is also, we celebrate a soft opening here at Reformation Lutheran Church in Westminster under the guidelines of the California state government and governor. We are opened uh, softly with just a few people, far fewer than a hundred, and we are practicing social distancing. We took uh, temperatures as you got in and washed our hands, and uh, masks are being encouraged to be worn, and we are uh, cleaning and desanitizing before and after. So we are complying with that for your safety and also in obedience to those that are in governance over us. I wanted to let you know that next Sunday on June the 7th, which is Trinity Sunday, we will be opened for all who wish to come and worship with us. Now, if you can come, we encourage you to. If you cannot come, you don't feel comfortable coming, then don't. And don't feel like there's any judgment. We miss you. But we'll see you on your time and when things uh, seem to be more safe for you. So uh, enjoy uh, hearing us and seeing us in the, uh, uh, the, the live stream and um, we welcome and covet your prayers. Our opening hymn this morning is Spirit of the Living God, Let Us Begin.
We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment for silence and self-reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. On this day, O God, you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light 
of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading this morning is from the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verses 24 through 30. Numbers is the fourth book of the Bible, and it's aptly named because it deals with numbers. It has to do with two censuses that were taken of the Israelites as they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And they wandered for 40 years because they didn't appreciate all the blessings that God gave them, and they were constantly whining. So it was basically a 40-year attitude adjustment. And you'll, also, you'll see at the end of the service, the benediction also comes from the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 11, beginning with the 24th verse. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of the elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Eldad and Medad, had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Our next reading is Psalm 25, verses 1 through 15, and we'll read that responsibly. Psalm 25, beginning with the first verse. In you, Lord my God... I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love remembers me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. 
He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. The third reading this morning is taken from the first book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, Peter and Paul, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Acts chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native tongue? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much to drink, too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh. 
Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me now? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. From Acts 2, 20. One, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the name of Jesus, amen. What's in a name? And a son is given for you, is the title. Names are important. Adam, Adam named the animals, and parents carefully choose a name for their children. And little children even name their stuffed animals. But there is no more important name than the Lord's name. Yes, even God has a name. He is I am. He is Yahweh. God reveals his personal name to Moses and Israel in Exodus. He says, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. And along with God's personal name came his promise to redeem and to rescue Israel from slavery. To call on the name of the Lord is to call upon him as Savior. Now, we hear the same good news from the angel. When the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
That's Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. Jesus' name reveals who he is and what he came to do for us. And once again, God becomes personal for us. The name above all names takes a human name and becomes man for you. The Lord who spoke to Moses in the burning bush is the Word who became flesh to dwell, to die, and to rise among us and for us. The name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He places the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit upon you in baptism. The name of Jesus saves you. He saves you by water and by the Spirit. The name of Jesus saves you as you hear holy absolution pronounced in his name. The name of Jesus saves you as you receive the true body, the true blood of Yahweh saves. That happens in Holy Communion. The name of Jesus saves you as he speaks to you by his word in the burning bush of his gospel. We still have that burning bush. It's in his word, the gospel given to you. Jesus is the name by which we are saved. Amen? Amen. From our book of worship, there's a hymn at the name of Jesus. And hymns really are just little small bits of the gospel delivered to you through song, through beautiful music. At the name of Jesus says, At the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him king of glory now. Tis the Father's pleasure we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. So the name above all names assures his disciples that he will not leave them alone, that the Helper, the Holy Spirit, is being sent by the Father in the name of the Son. We heard that a few weeks ago at his ascension. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's John chapter 14, verse 26. Now about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit really is the busy, silent partner of the Holy Trinity. His job is to bring to your remembrance. That's his job. To bring to your remembrance everything that our Lord has said. Now, 
unlike what many people seem to think incorrectly, the Holy Spirit is not up there somewhere um, dribbling out upon you and me God's blessing upon those who are worthy enough to receive it. That's not how he works, and we know that. No, the Holy Spirit was sent. He was sent to teach and to bring to remembrance all that our Lord Christ Jesus has said. Now, what should we remember? What should we be taught? Well, this is exactly what the gathered multitudes in Jerusalem heard on that Pentecost day. They heard that salvation comes at a price. There is no free lunch. They heard that because of their and our sin, Jesus of Nazareth was put to death. And through the shedding of his blood, the Parthians, the Cretans, the Arabians, and Americans, even Dodger fans, were washed clean. The multitudes gathered together from all those nations, and they were taught that it was their guilt that brought about the death of Jesus. Yet, Christ crucified was the demonstration of God's love. His love is. His love was so great that he accepted this one death as if it were there and our own. Now, every time we gather together and hear the word of God proclaimed, that is Christ and him crucified, it is another opportunity to receive all that Christ Jesus did for us. And what wonderful things he did. He brought us back to life again in his death and resurrection. He made us God's children in our baptism, and he sustains and strengthens us each week in his proclaimed word and in his holy body and blood. Each week he gives us good gifts. The Holy Spirit brings this all to our remembrance, so we never forget what our gracious God and Lord has done and continues to do for us. Bow your heads and let's pray for a moment. Oh God, our merciful Father, who taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit, bring us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through Jesus Christ our Lord, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen.
here's, here's another way to look at this day we celebrate. You could say, hey, Ed, the waiting is finally over. Yeah, good, amen. The big day is here, Jeff. It is. We've been counting down the days from Easter until today. 50 days of rejoicing Jesus' resurrection. Seven days, seven weeks, plus one day for eternity, that makes 50. 50 makes Pentecost. Now, Jesus' promise to die and rise, it's come true. And now the Holy Spirit comes just as he promised. You can see why many have called the Pentecost the birthday of the church. There was waiting. There was expectation. There was rejoicing. And of course, there's gifts. It's all there to mark this occasion. So what kind of gifts does the Holy Spirit bring to the Pentecost festival? Well, to use the words of my children, it's not uh, lame party favors or cake or games. Uh, it's not gummy tongues of fire or a holy smoke barbecue lighter. No. This is what he brings. He brings doctrine. The Holy Spirit brings teaching. The Holy Spirit brings God's word. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Jesus' words of assurance. The disciples heard Jesus' teaching. They saw the healing, the healing signs and, and the miracles. They witnessed his transfiguration, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Jesus promised, he promised that the Holy Spirit would be with them as they proclaimed all these things with their own lips and their own quills. The Holy Spirit was sent to preserve Jesus' word for the church. Then and now, Jesus taught, the disciples witnessed and wrote, and we, we received the gift of Jesus' word. Now, like the disciples before us, the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus' word. The Holy Spirit is there in your baptism. He's being poured out upon you in the water and the word, giving you a new birth from above in Christ. It is your baptism is your very own Pentecost. And remember your baptism every day. You're walking wet. You weren't baptized. You are baptized. So you got a Pentecost every day. The Holy Spirit, there is, he is there in absolution as a life-giving 
Forgiveness is breathe into your ears. The Father forgives you all of your sins for His sake. And your pastor, an ordained servant of God, and by His authority now declares your forgiveness in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit breathes forgiveness into your ears. And the Holy Spirit is there, right there in, in the Lord's Supper. He's giving you faith in Jesus' word. In the words that is, this is my body. This is my blood for you. This is a happy Pentecost day. Okay, I promise. I'm bringing it home now. We're almost there. The prayer that Jesus gave to us, a perfect prayer. You've heard me say that, yes? The small catechism reads this. With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children. So that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask him as dear children as their dear Father. Our Father who art in heaven. These are truly remarkable words. When Jesus instructs us to pray the Lord's Prayer, he gives us words of honor, of blessing, and of grace. With these words, Jesus places us in the undeserved position of praying to God the Father as he himself prays to him as a son. That's a beautiful exchange. Jesus does not treat us. He does not treat us as we or our sins deserve. He, he takes the lower seat and he moves us up next to the Father's right hand. He becomes the last one so that by his lowly death, a death on that cross, we who were last might be made first. Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, is born of the Virgin Mary for you who were a child of Adam's death and destruction, your adoption papers, the ones that you've been given the power to be called a child of God, your adoption papers into God's kingdom are signed in the blood of the Lamb and sealed by the waters of your holy baptism, sealed by the Spirit. Paul writes to the Romans, For you receive the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. That's Romans 8, verse 15. So, whether you come from a home where 
mom and dad, they got along or get along most days. Or if you come from a broken home where mom and dad are no longer together, or a home without a father, or even a, even a home with an abusive father. There is comfort in this fact. You have a perfect heavenly father. A father who promises to hear your prayers because Jesus, the son, is constantly, always speaking to him on your behalf. You have a heavenly father who gives you earthly fathers and other family and friends to care for and to watch over you. God also gives you fathers in the Christian faith. Those are pastors who are instructed by Jesus to teach you to pray, to instruct you in the scriptures, to have you remember your baptism, and who lead you to holy communion. So rejoice. Your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father loves you in Jesus. Your heavenly Father hears you for Jesus' sake. And your heavenly Father delights in you. He delights in you, his dear child. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day is, Come Down, O Love Divine. Oh, let it freely 
the soul will long Shall far outpass the power of human telling For none can guess its grace Till he become the place Wherein Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one body, wherever we are, to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, on this Pentecost Sunday, we give our thanks to you and Jesus, your only Son, who called forth your Holy Spirit to reside within us in order to keep us in the one true faith for as long as we live on earth. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life because he said so and that your Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth, as Jesus called him when he sent him to us. We thank and praise you, Holy Spirit, for constantly reminding us of Jesus' saving grace, planting truth in our hearts, and for showing us the lies sown by Satan to pull us away from God and our Lord and Savior. Dear Holy Father, we are constantly fearful and worry about things we don't understand and things we can't control. Your Holy Spirit reminds us to trust in you and not to worry, since you love us and always have the best plans for us and will never let us go alone, for you are always with us. But Satan is very powerful and clever. He sows doubt as he has since the beginning and turns us against one another in our daily lives. With his help and coaxing, we find reasons to hate each other and thereby violate your holy commands for our lives. We're stunned by the level and pervasiveness of the hatred we observe in our nation recently. 
We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would shake us to the core to shed this evil and look at one another as the Father looks at us with love for all whom he has created. Holy Father, we give you thanks for guiding our leaders to realize that worshiping you is essential and for opening our worship services. We pray for your divine protection against this COVID virus and other diseases that may attack our church members in the sanctuary. So many people here and around the world are suffering and dying because of this disease. Please, Holy Father, speak your word and destroy this virus. We pray for the health and safety of our friends, families, and loved ones. We pray for proper diagnosis and healing of those in our church family that are anxious about their health. We also pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, or frustrated and angry. Holy Spirit, we pray for peaceful hearts and minds and a divinely inspired level of trust in our Heavenly Father. We are unable to do this on our own. We also give thanks for those who lend helping hands to those in distress and for the Christian example they provide for others. We continue to pray for our fellow citizens and families who may face the prospect of losing all they possess. We also pray for our younger citizens graduating from schools with doubts about their future. Help us say the right words to lend encouragement and assurance that today's challenges will pass. We again thank you for our president and vice president and the encouraging leadership they exhibit. We pray for Solomon's wisdom for them, the knowledge of your will, and the resolve to follow your plan for our nation, even in the face of great evil and corruption throughout the world. Please continue to shine your light on the activities of our government officials to bring forth the truth into the forefront that we all can see clearly where deception and greed for power flourish. At the same time, Holy Spirit, encourage us as citizens of the United States to take care of one another and to place servanthood above self-centeredness. Though it seems to be our fallen nature, let us not return anger with anger, but rather let it go as Jesus taught us. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals who continue to face danger every day. Please shield all of them from harm. Holy Father, please continue to forgive us for our whining and complaints about the inconveniences we are facing while trying to stop this pandemic. We've been spoiled for so long with immeasurable blessings that we don't realize our worst times are better than the best times in much of the world. Holy Spirit, we ask that you focus our eyes on the gifts we have been provided by our Lord and share those gifts with others less fortunate. Dear God Almighty, thank you for answering our prayers and guiding our elected leaders to employ good sense to open our beaches and parks so that we can decompress from the daily worries about disease, job loss, and our future. Thank you for filling our hearts with your creative presence. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, 
trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace in a socially uh, distanced kind of way. Peace be with you. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord, Lord our God, God maker, maker of all things. things. Through your, your goodness, goodness you, you have, have blessed, blessed us with these you. gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who rose beyond the bounds of death, and on this day, as he had promised, poured out your spirit of life and power upon the chosen disciples. At this, the whole earth exults in boundless joy. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name, and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know 
that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious, triumphant coming again. Now let us pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who Who art art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As I have said over the last many weeks, how we long to see you again, to worship with you, to pray with you, to hear the beautiful words of forgiveness, and to partake in the Lord's Supper. Next week, we're open. Next week, you're invited to come and partake because the table is set. Until then, we will lift you up in prayer, knowing that it wasn't a one and done in our baptism. You are baptized. You are walking wet. And that meal that he gave for us is waiting for you when you can come. Amen. Ken, take and eat the body of Christ given for you. Ken, take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you. This is the body of Christ given for the forgiveness of your sins. Amen. After taking drink, this is the blood of Christ shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Amen. Now we've been fed the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a means of grace, forgiveness, salvation, everlasting life. May it comfort you. May it keep you in his peace and in his joy. Amen. And now the benediction, as we heard today, the Aaronic from Aaron benediction, a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn this morning is the love of God. And I pray that you know the love of God, that you hear the love of God coming to you through his word, through his Holy Spirit. And I look forward to seeing you all again next week. Amen. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen. 
can never tell It goes beyond the highest star And reaches to the lowest hell The guilty pair bowed down with care God gave His Son 